Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a new episode of the Sports Mecca Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Sam Hengeli. Tonight, we are joined by former UTSA Roadrunners quarterback, Frank Harris. Frank, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We appreciate the time tonight. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. For you, you know, your story is a little bit different than what we've had on uh, former college football players that are, that have come on the podcast. You know, normally we talk about when they come on in the offseason, you know, what their offseason schedule is like, what they've been doing to transition into the spring or winter. But yours is different. You actually, after the 2023 season, you decided to to retire from football. Provide us an update about what life has been like for you since the end of December, early January. Well, I had surgery on my foot, so uh, I was battling through that for a little while. Still have a cast on my foot, so you know, that kind of sucks. But I just started working last week, so um, just trying to get my feet wet, understanding how this new business works. And then learning the the business side of things and not from an athletic standpoint. So it's kind of different getting the hang of things and just trying to help UTSA grow. Mm-hmm. Speaking of more of like moving into that business role and taking that next step, you know, you wrote um on an Instagram post after you know, after you decided to retire that you know the game of football has taught you so much, it changed your life forever. And you'll be thankful for it. Just speak on how tough of a decision it was for you to retire um, from football once the season ended. Well, you know, beginning of the year, I was already kind of, I guess you could say, indecisive if I wanted to play or not. Uh, because I had a rough off season last year. So uh, my mom was kind of in the middle of that I wasn't going to play. And then, you know, God works in mysterious ways. I got ready. I got better. Like, literally probably in July or August, right before the season started. So I was fortunate enough to play. And then, uh, you know, when I got hurt again, it was kind of just like, yeah, that's, I mean, 
and I wasn't gonna play already, and now I'm getting, I got hurt again. I think that's kind of just God telling me go a different route. So you know, I just listened to what He had to say, um, and you know, I chose this career path, and I'm you know I'm blessed to be doing what I'm doing. Was there you know an internal conflict about <laughs> making that decision the right one, or were you like really set on you know this is it? Twenty twenty three is going to be it for me. Yeah, well. Like I said, before I even came back, I, I kind of was already on the edge of performing to keep playing or not just because I had so many injuries. Uh, we won two conference championships back-to-back. Kind of just wanted to end, you know, on that kind of note. And, you know, just the coaching staff playing for UTSA, playing college football with my teammates, um, I was like, man, if I'm fortunate to play one more time, I might as well just give it a go. So, you know, like I said, the, the offseason was tough. Had to have another surgery. So that's my 11th surgery. I'm just like, nah, man, this is not best for me. You know, it might be good for me at this time. But, you know, when I'm 44, you know, who's going to really care about me then? You know what I mean? So I got to look out for myself. I'm going to be able to walk and stuff. So I decided, I was like, yeah, I might as well just walk away from it now. After my 11th surgery, you know, everybody, I think, respected, you know, my decision from it. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you were able to uh, to read up on this, but I found it interesting. Um, for the preview of the 2023 season, ESPN you know, did a story focusing on players that had been in sport for many years, and you had been in college for seven years. And they interviewed your coach, Jeff Trailer, and he said, everyone in San Antonio knows you and with the exception of Victor Webb and Yama, you're like up there with uh, the most popular people in the city. Would you agree with that? I would not agree. I wouldn't go that far. Sometimes I guess I, I could say I'm pretty popular, but um, I wouldn't say I'm up there with the Spurs players. But uh, it's just pretty cool just to get some recognition, you know, in the city that you're from, um, doing all those things for UTSA and, you know, Getting noticed for is pretty cool at times, but I wouldn't say that I'm high up there, like Coach said. Right, just like you mentioned, from San Antonio, you you played high school ball in the area in Texas. Played at Samuel Clemens High School. Um, for the listeners, when they, when they get to listen to this podcast, I feel they should really know, really how your path became true you know how it led to fr- how how you got to san antonio to be a road runner talk to us about you know playing high school ball back in san antonio yeah you know i'm from converse area i was like a powerhouse dim and steel i moved to go to shirts clemens for high school and you know everybody thinks i got this crazy lifestyle that i've been fortunate enough and blessed enough to to be where I am, but I went through a lot of adversity to, to, to get to where I am. You know, when I started on varsity, my sophomore year, I didn't start the first game. Um, I actually was the second string guy and coach told me and the other guy, you know, doesn't matter what happens after the second drive, Frank will go in and then we'll dictate and determine who's going to go for the rest of the game. And, you know, he went two and out the first two drives. I got in my third drive, let us down the field threw a touchdown, and never came out ever since. So I just feel like, you know, today's game is a lot different. Some people might have transferred. Some people might have looked down. 
And, you know, I just battled through adversity. You know, I wasn't the guy. That's fine. Battled through it. And then, you know, I didn't get recruited until late my junior year. You know, I wasn't getting offers that I thought I kind of deserved. Kind of frustrating at the time, but um, all my family was San Antonio, so I wanted to stay close to home. Played for Frank Selfo, who was a quarterback's coach for the um, Jaguars year prior to. So I know I get some knowledge from him, you know, learning the NFL playbook, you know, getting some of his knowledge. So it's kind of a no-brainer for me to go to UTSA, and then, I, you know, I get there and battle through adversity again, you know, with all the injuries that I went through, and then, you know, having a quarterback competition, you know, all those things. I feel like a lot of people probably would have transferred or, you know, not even kept pursuing college career. But I just feel like that's just easy way to, to go out. And, you know, my parents always harp on that, that, you know, life is hard. So when adversity hits you, how do you respond to it? And I've been through adversity kind of my whole life, especially in college, that quitting was never an option. Um, even though some people might say I quit now, but I don't think it's quitting. It's just uh, looking out for myself and um, having enough surgeries that I don't want to have anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I am interested with you being there for seven years from 2017 to 2023. You went through so much different aspects of the game. Obviously, the transfer portal was implemented in the middle of your college career, but just speak on just the different aspects of the college game that you witnessed while playing quarterback. Oh man, it's so much different nowadays. You got NIL, transfer portal. Uh, I just think it's a distraction for a lot of people. And I got a unique perspective because I was there before all that. And then I was there while all that was happening. And I just feel like kids nowadays worry about the wrong stuff. You know, worry about money, what they're going to get out of it. At the end of the day, you know, you go to college to get a degree and play whatever sport you go out there and play. So all the other stuff will take care of itself. All the NIL will take care of itself. Um, you're going to hit adversity. Whether it's this year, next year, the year after that, you might not be the starter. But how do you battle through adversity? How do you battle through all those things? Is it transfer portal just because you don't start? It's not teaching nothing in the real world. And I think that's what's killing I'm going to just say these kids nowadays um, because they always try to find an easy way out and life is tough and it's all, it's not always an easy way out. Not, not many left-handed quarterbacks were, were, were slinging it around uh, in college back then. There's, I mean, obviously Tua Tagovailoa is one of them, but, and with you being a dual threat quarterback, what were some of college quarterbacks or maybe even pro quarterbacks that you Try to emulate or you like to watch <clears throat> when you uh, were in college? Oh, without a doubt. Um, growing up was Michael Vick, for sure. Um, left-handed, number seven quarterback. I mean, it was everything, like, identical. I'm like, oh, that's exactly who I want to be like. Dual threat. I mean, that's exactly who I want to be like. And then, um, of course, growing up, you know, everybody UT fan out here in, te- in Texas. So I was a huge Vince Young fan. I loved how you played the game. Um, so just really modeled my game after, you know, Michael Vick, honestly, and then kind of progressed on, but really stand for Michael Vick. Speak on the 2021 and 22 seasons. Individually, those were really one of your, really the best seasons you had, but also you really helped put the Roadrunners on the map. They had back-to-back 11-win seasons. 
for the first time in program history. You guys played in two bowl games, 1-1. So just talk about those seasons and really what it meant to you uh, to be a part of that. Oh, you know, it's just, you know, 2020 came during COVID. That was Coach Trailer's first year. Um, and it was just weird. We didn't know him. He didn't know us. So we're meeting over Zoom like we are now. Going to the playbook, trying to install it over Zoom. Um, we get with each other. We're kind of learning each other day by day. So that was 2020. So 2021 came. We kind of figured everybody out. And we didn't have a spring ball either in 2020. So it was just weird. 2021 came. We kind of already knew everybody, felt each other out already. So, you know, that success that we had, it wasn't surprising to anybody. We knew we had the talent. We had the the, the culture at that time. We had a great leader and coach trailer and all the other coaches. So that wasn't a surprise to us. Um, it was very pretty cool and special, you know, to go out there and win the first championship for the city. Um, it's kind of like a movie, honestly. It was it was pretty spectacular. And then the next year after that, we knew we were gonna be good as, as well. Um, we kind of had a lot of guys coming back, and like I said, we already won the conference the year before. We knew we could do it again. And after that, it's just chemistry, you know, just playing. It comes down to playing football, loving one another. Uh, we had a great bond with one another, great chemistry, and you know we won that year as well. So, um, so uh, got injured obviously a few times. You mentioned that earlier in the uh, podcast. Um, how were you able to stay motivated during the times of injury? Um, like I always say, you know, God is everything for a reason, even when you don't understand it. And I just felt like He was just teaching me something, a life lesson. Um, and my family was there to support me through everything, my teammates as well. Like I said, when that virtue hits you, how do you respond? You know, it's easy to just quit, you know, ask why me, um, start pointing fingers and stuff like that and questioning God. Well, you really think about it, you know, every injury that I've ever had, if I go look back and look at it, it all happened for a reason. And you got to put that in perspective when stuff happens, try to figure out the reasoning why it happened and not try to sit back and think why me. Um, and I had to understand at an early age when I started getting injured, you know, to not look at it as why me and think of it long term. I understand it eventually. And now that I'm older now, I kind of realize why everything happened to me. Very cool. Um, how did you stay involved with the team uh, during your uh, rehab process? Like, did you like help like with help with the game plans like and other stuff? Uh, that was kind of weird, honestly. I'll be honest. It's just kind of hard to try to stay in the game because, you know, you feel like you don't have that voice no more. You don't feel like you're a leader no more. Um, you're not really out there with the guys doing all the dirty work that they do. So it's kind of hard to try to say stuff and uh, be that leader. So I kind of took a step back and didn't really say much. That was there, that was definitely frustrating for me. That was a hard time for me because, you know, I just was voicing my opinion, you know, a couple of weeks before I got hurt. And to now where I just feel like, you know, the guys might look at me differently because I'm not playing with them. Um, but those guys, they respected me through everything. They never looked at me like that. I always just thought that. So it, it was definitely a tough time for me, for sure. So um, being a student athlete, obviously, you uh, you, just, you go to school, not just to have the opportunity to play football, but, of course, uh, the main goal is to get your education, get that degree. Um, how were you able to balance out your academics as a student athlete? You know, my parents always told us school come first, so – Ever since we were little kids, we always knew school was first. So when I got to college, it was basically the same thing. And, I mean, they're paying for it. I'm on full scholarship. I was fortunate to be on full scholarship. Take full advantage of it, you know what I mean? So it's definitely challenging at times, but it's definitely doable. 
you have a lot of free time after football practice or it's just how you balance it and what are you willing to to give up or what are you willing to sacrifice in order to get get done what you need to get done uh, what did you uh, study in college uh, my undergrad was sociology my master's was in public administration very cool very cool that's awesome uh so currently right now you work with the uh, city fans uh 210 uh, that's the source for nil for utsa athletes Kind of explain how that works and uh, what is like your role with that. Um, I'm the VP for them. We're a collective and we try to just get money through sponsorships. And we have a lot of events coming up, like a football luncheon, men's and women's basketball, um, a golf event for for softball and uh, baseball. Uh, we just try to provide ways to help out these coaches and uh, help them keep the rosters and uh, hopefully get somebody on the roster. You know, NIL is a big part of these things, but when I ask companies just to just donate to us directly, you know, we have a lot of events that we do, and hopefully they can sponsor them, and it'll benefit the student athletes. Yeah, very cool. Uh, yeah, NIL is a new thing, and uh, obviously it's been around for uh, three years now, and still, like, there's still some complications with it, but sure. I think there's a lot of good that comes out of NIL, and I think that's very cool that the student athletes now get that opportunity to uh, use their name, image, and likeness to uh, be able to uh, utilize that and then help, like, you know, support themselves and their families as well. I think that it's a very good thing, even though there is some challenges with it. it. But, but I think it's uh, overall, I think it's a good thing that is in our in college athletics now. I agree. So uh, during your uh, college career at UTSA, uh, what were some of the favorite venues you got to play in? I would say Texas, you know, growing up, I was a big UT fan. And then just going there, it was like 103,000 people. I mean, it's like, it was unreal. I mean, every seat is, is packed. Uh, you look up and, and and they're all there to watch, you know, your team play. Um, it was kind of unbelievable. It was uh, definitely a moment I'll, I'll always remember. Yeah. Did you ever see a game there uh, growing up? Yeah, I went to a game there, but I mean, I was younger. I don't really remember, you know, much of it. I just knew it was pretty big. But, you know, actually being on the field and actually looking around 360-wise um, and see everybody looking at you, it's pretty spectacular. It's kind of a, you know, a moment that you'll never forget. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my last question for you is uh, anything, any advice to those uh, chasing a dream? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I would just say, um, no matter what it is, it sounds cliche, but just don't let nobody tell you what you can and can't do. You know, I got recruited. Everybody told me that I couldn't play quarterback in college. I was too small, couldn't throw the ball. And, uh, you know, you start hearing that a lot. You start to maybe believe it a little bit. So, you know, when I got to college, I didn't have the success that I wanted to at first. Thought I was a bust. Should I have changed my position? Um, but just keep working hard. Keep grinding. Keep believing in yourself. Never lose faith in yourself and never lose faith in God and it'll all pan out. And I feel like I'm the living testimony 
uh, that you go go back and look at. You know, my first year, you can just see the the progression that I've made um, from the first time going out there to the last time I'm, I went out there. And uh, just the hard work and dedication and, and believing in myself and never losing faith in myself and always keeping God first. Yeah, very cool. I love that. Love that. I was just thinking about this because you're talking about playing in Texas. The Roadrunners played in a dome. So I I think Sam and our listeners would just like to know, like, what is it? How does it feel, you know, playing in a dome? And is it true that it's just more offensively driven? Just from a fan's perspective, it's easier to, to score? I mean, honestly, it's pretty special to play in a dome. I mean, it echoes. So, I mean, it could be 50,000. It sounds like 100,000. I'm not joking. Every team that plays against us, I mean, they know how loud it is. Uh, and they hate playing there because it creates a lot of chaos, you know, for their for their offense when our defense is out there. It's a lot of delay of games, false starts. Um, it's just a pretty special venue, um, and it's nothing that you can describe. Absolutely. Now, with with you being on the podcast as we've had we usually ask this as several other college athletes, college football players have come on. What are ways that our listeners can, you know, learn more about what you're doing now? And if they have a chance to follow you or promote you, you know, what would you like to say? Um, you can look up uh, the business that I work for. It'll be 210cityfans.org. Um, and that should kind of tell you everything or, you know, social media. I'm just Frank Harris. And uh, I don't think I'm hard to, to find or get in contact with, and I'm pretty good at responding. Okay, thank you. Yeah, th- that's great. Yeah. You know, we, we have our social media channels on our podcast, and we will make sure to tag you and then the uh, 2110 as well um, once it's out. Sounds good. But, Frank, we appreciate you coming on. Really loved hearing your story of, of battling through adversity and, you know, playing – your college career at UTSA. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Frank. For I'll take care. You too. Take care, Thank man. You. Best of luck to you uh, going forward. Thank you.